Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Whip, Chapter 11, The Case of the Missing Scientist. I keep describing my world to you, as though you ought to know it, as though it would be familiar to you somehow. I keep forgetting you've never been here before. Or have you? Anyway, assuming you haven't, let me give you the virtual tour. Nippy Heads is the closest big town to Bottlenose Beach, and there are two buses in and out on a weekday. The first bus runs the school route, and then goes on to the Heads. Once there, the bus parks up on the main street for 20 minutes, then returns to Bottlenose Beach. It's the same deal for the afternoon bus, but in reverse. To execute my plan, I'd be stuck in nippy heads for the day. But if I played it right, I'd be on the afternoon school bus, just like I was supposed to be. Cat, Mr B, they'd be none the wiser. Why would any daughter of mine want to skip school? I hear you say. Well, now we get to the interesting part. The previous night, I'd done an internet search for Leonard Wilson. I figured there had to be some clue as to why he sent me those messages. But the strangest thing happened. When I entered his name into Google, nothing came up. Not even an online news report about his death. There were matches for other Leonard Wilsons, in the United States, in Europe, but not our Leonard Wilson. The man was a ghost, a very high-profile one. Doesn't that sound a little odd to you? In this age where even a three-week-old baby has some sort of digital footprint? If there was anyone who could help, I figured I'd find them at Nippy Head's public library. Whenever Danny dragged me there, the checkout desks were always piled high with leaflets promoting information sessions on blogging and how to use the internet. Admittedly, those probably weren't aimed at my demographic, but I wasn't exactly brimming over with options. When I entered, the library was empty except for the librarian herself. She was leaning back in her chair, hidden behind a book written by some guy with a fancy French-sounding name. Something about spies. Excuse me, I said. The librarian's chair tipped back suddenly. A pair of legs shot out and the backrest flung up like a seesaw. Oh, my goodness! You gave me such a fright. The woman lowered her book, and I got a shock of my own. The librarian was Mrs O'Grady. Mrs Dean now, actually. Sean O'Grady's mother. I lowered my eyes, hoping she wouldn't recognise me. Oh, so it's you, Ginger Love, Mrs Dean said. We haven't seen you at our place in a while. How have you been keeping? Noticing my uniform, she added, not skiving off, are you? If anyone questioned me over why I wasn't in school, I was planning to tell them I had a dentist appointment and was visiting the library while I waited. But since Sean's mum had recently married Dr Dean, the local dentist, my alibi was about as useful as a pack of non-stick jaw glue gum, another of Betty Jansen's dad's more dubious inventions. Um, I racked my brains for another excuse. Mrs. Dean looked at me with shrewd eyes. I took a deep breath and whispered, Actually, Mrs. Dean, 
and trying to solve a mystery. A mystery? Mrs Dean put down her book and rolled the chair forward. What kind of mystery is it? And don't call me Mrs Dean now you're so grown up. Call me Fiona. Fiona. The over-familiarity of her name caught in my mouth like a square piece of fruit. I felt like a fraud. Like if she could really see Sean and my friendship for what it had become. Ugh, shut up, Brain. I shook my head and ordered it to get back in the game. I'm looking for a missing person, I said. Well, not missing exactly. I need to find a person on the internet. Someone who should be there, but isn't. I reached into my backpack and withdrew the clipping I'd taken from the paper. See? He was in the news, but I can't find any trace of him online. Fiona's fingers snatched up the paper. As her eyes skimmed the story of Dr Wilson's death, she gave the odd grunt here, a mutter there. When she finished, her eyes were bright. Well, that is a mystery then, she said. He must have been into something rad suspect if he's dead and non-existent. That's exactly what I was thinking. My heart rate kicked up a notch. I'd half convinced myself I was imagining it. But if Sean's mum was calling weird... I'm not an expert, I said, apologetically. But if someone's erased Dr Wilson from the net, wouldn't they leave some sort of a trail? Fiona stood up and opened her top drawer. She pulled out a plastic V-shaped sign that said, Back in five minutes, and placed it on the checkout counter. Then she looped her arm through mine. I've got a plan, she said, steering us into a small computer room framed with frosted glass. Fiona fired up one of the computers, then tapped a round of commands into the keyboard, chewing her lip as she typed. If there's any trace of that unfortunate fellow, we'll find it in here. She looked up and studied me closely. Why are you so interested? Rats. I was hoping she wasn't going to ask. Uh, it's for school. We have to profile a local scientist. When I saw the article in the paper, I thought he'd be a good one. Fiona's mouth twitched as she looked me in the eye. Except for the fact you can't find anything on him then. Yeah. Except for that. Do you think you can? Find something? I asked, peering over her shoulder. The CERN stuff too? I have a feeling we're going to have to dig deep. Fiona double shifted her eyebrows. You can find pretty much anything on the web if you know where to look. I'll get you started and then I'd best be getting back to my desk. An hour later, I had four snippets, ranging over 20 years. The first was a notice of Dr Wilson's graduation from Queensland University of Technology, a doctorate in physics. There are a couple of small articles featuring him and a team of other researchers from the CSIRO talking about groundbreaking research they were doing in the area of quantum physics. Not exactly case-cracking stuff. Even the CERN feature was a letdown. It didn't add anything to what I already knew. On top of it all, I had a growly stomach. 
I took the article printouts and shuffled through them one last time. I was about to slip them into my bag when one of the photos caught my eye. It was the group photo in the lab. In the front stood Dr. Wilson, not so silver back then. And there, standing behind Dr. Wilson's right shoulder, just in view, was a face I'd seen a lot of lately. The photo was in black and white, but the crinkly eyes, the cheeky smile. It couldn't be. But it most definitely was. You. Clank. I leapt out of the chair just as Fiona plonked a coffee cup down on the table. Sorry, Ginger Love. Did I startle you? I smoothed down the hairs on my arms, managing a weak smile. A little. I swept up all the papers and stuffed them into my backpack. Find anything? she asked. Not much, I said, offering her a spare copy of the CERN article and keeping the rest to myself. I couldn't have done it without her, but I wasn't ready to share the photo of you. I barely had any of you for myself as it was. Besides, I needed to make some sense of things first. What was a British record producer and DJ doing on the other side of the world? In a CSIRO physics lab? The photo was taken before you got famous, and there was that bit in Wikipedia about you dropping out of Bristol Uni. But still. Anyway, I would have to work it out later. Alone. I nodded at the mug. Is that coffee for me? You better not tell Cap. Mum. She's hoping I'll have a late growth spurt. Fiona laughed. No, just getting my fix. Sean will be along shortly. Oh, he will? I fidgeted with the straps on my bag. Yes, he was up seeing Dennis, Dr. Dean, this morning. Why don't you go along outside? Sit, wait for him. She was already bundling me up and out the door. An order. Not a request. I'll drive you both back to school. It'll be no trouble. I smiled and tried to make it look like a happy smile. But I had the feeling it came across more like someone trying to hide an urgent case of diarrhoea. Well, this was about to get cosy. Cosy.